I believe in a world where talents and purpose intersect to create careers we love. Each of us has a Venn diagram depicting what we're good at on one side and what we love to do on the other. Finding the place of overlap and aligning our lives to that sweet spot is the key to fully living. Welcome to the Becoming Congruent podcast, where we explore the profound power of our unique human experience through our guests' stories and lessons. We are your hosts, Melanie Hicks and Rachel Jones, and we are excited to take this journey with you. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Becoming Congruent. This week, we talked to Omar Madrano. He is a highly successful entrepreneur and business coach for people who are ready to crush the fear that's keeping them from their potential. He became a serial franchise owner over the past two decades, and after putting in the time, he's become what his fans call the vacation CEO. Known as the expert in outsourcing and taking your time back, Madrano has become an example and mentor to many. Join us in welcoming Omar Madrano. All right. Welcome. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. I'm just super glad. I'm super honored to be here right here at this moment with you. Oh, thank you so much. I know we were just chatting before this. It's the Monday after Thanksgiving, Cyber Monday. So we're, we're going it. We're doing it. It's Monday. <laughs> it's almost time for Christmas, almost time for 2022. Yes. Wrapping it up. Well, I know we just heard your short bio, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Share something that wasn't in your bio. Uh, share something that's not in my bio. Omar Madrano. I'm living in my, my dash, uh, 48, born July 24th, 1973. I don't know when the end date is, but I live every day like it's my birthday. I'm in complete gratitude. And like I said, uh, every day we all start out at zero. I never hit the snooze button because... I wake up with purpose, with intention, and I know I'm going to have an outstanding day because I control my destiny and I'm the master of my life. Love that outlook. So tell us a little bit about what you do. I know that you do some career coaching. Can you go into a little bit more detail yeah, for us? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, it wasn't always that way. I, I wrote a book, uh, Amazon bestseller list for a little while. Uh, what if it did work? It's about overcoming your fears. Uh, because a lot of times we never, we always focus on the negativity. Even like when you ask friends that are single and all that, what do you want in a relationship? What do you want in a boyfriend? What do you want in a girlfriend? And they'll give you this laundry list. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want somebody that's bipolar. I don't want drama. I don't want a narcissist. I don't want this. I don't want that. And it's always like, okay, so then please tell us, what do you want? Because God, the universe, everything all you, we tend to gravitate, we're a magnet towards what we want. And if nobody knows what they want, a lot of times, the masses are just like, just living for the weekend. You know, yes, it's Monday. Who cares? It's the, it's the only day we have. And so many people live their life saying, well, you know what? I can't wait for Friday. So right. you're telling me that you're going to live two, you're, you're going to live 52 weeks out of the year. God, God willingly, and possibly three days if it's a long weekend or <laughs> four weeks, you know, it, and it, that's, that, that's, it's all about a mindset. So I'm, I'm actually, I was a super introvert, believe it or not, uh, in high school and elementary, junior high, I, I grew up in Miami. I couldn't even ask out a girl because I had this fear of rejection, 
fear of being unworthy, fear of hearing no and all that. And simply, it's just that it's no. So I couldn't ask out a girl because I figured it would be in the Miami Herald. It would be on the news. Toronto <laughs> got rejected and all that. So it was just something that I had to flip the switch, but it took many years. And I became the introvert that could barely speak in high school and element elementary. It was so bad that they put me in ESOL English for speakers of another language, even though, as you can tell, I have no accent because I was born here. And yes, my, my family's Hispanic, but we all speak perfect English. So it, it, it was that it, I had to overcome a lot. Um, yes, I'm a, I'm an author. I'm currently almost done with my second book called The Vacation CEO. Uh, my first books, What If It Did Work? I'm also a business coach, a personal development coach. And for the past 20 years, I was an entrepreneur. I had recently sold my, my businesses, my franchises. That's awesome. So a lot of our, our audience is entrepreneurs or, you know, want to be entrepreneurs. Can you tell us a little bit about the businesses that you have had? Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, I never had the entrepreneurial spirit until I realized one day, just the road to one day, because if you always say the road to someday, it leads to a, a town called never. Because a lot <laughs> of times we say someday, or we're like Annie, we're procrastinating. We're like tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow's never going to happen. And uh, yeah, I own most, most of my entrepreneurial life. I own Smoothie King, which is a QSR uh, smoothies for the past 20 years. Uh, they were based out of Louisiana, New Orleans, uh, currently in Dallas. I went to school at LSU. So that's where the connection there. I own Supercuts Haircuttery. I've owned um, a Roly Poly franchise. So a restaurant, quick service restaurant there. And currently I sold out and I am a part owner of a self-publishing company that helps um, entrepreneurs and people in sales write their book and be self-published. That's awesome. So you started off by saying that you didn't necessarily start with the entrepreneurial spirit. So what kind of got you there? Uh, what got me there was my, I, I have two degrees in journalism, uh, bachelor's and master's, and that and $2.50 will get you a copy of the USA Today these days. And um, I, I, in journalism, it's a very competitive field. For every, every job out there, there's 20 graduates or 20 people out do it. Right. So my, my first full-time job, I was working, and this is salary, so it's below minimum wage. $15,000 a year. And this is 1996. So it's, it's not like 1956, 1996. Right. <laughs> and I, I realized, you know, if, if I wanted to be highly educated and starving, I would have gone into seminary school and I would become a priest. So I, I opted, I, I quit that after a few years because I realized it, it wasn't serving me. I, I was working like two full-time jobs just to make ends meet. And um, after that, I, be, I, I got into sales. The guy that couldn't speak, the guy that was fearful of rejection. I became a, a top sales rep, um, financial advisor for Edward Jones Investments. And my, my wife at the time, recently divorced, 
she was a pharmaceutical sales rep and we took an Anthony Robbins seminar and that's um, unleashed the power within where you walk on coals and it's a three day, four day affair. And I didn't think that I, I didn't realize my true purpose was to help out others. And, and that's where the entrepreneurial spirit came in. Gotcha. Yeah. It's always so interesting to hear where that comes from, because a lot of times when we're, we're doing this podcast, the origin of this podcast was really Melanie and myself, our own career journeys and kind of trying to find that balance between, well, I'm really good at this one thing. So should I just keep doing it, even though maybe it's not fulfilling everything I want? But then there's also things I really love to do and just trying to find something that kind of marries both of those. So it sounds like for you, um, really wanting to help people has really led to your your business career, which is amazing. Exactly. And the, the greatest investment is the investment in yourself. So clearly, why not double down, triple down on yourself? Why work hard for someone else's dreams? Because, you know, at the end of the day, major corporations, I remember my mom worked for AT&T for 30 years or close to it. And they let her go because, you know, and it was like, wow, you know, not even a thank you and all that. And, you know, I see others complaining and all that. Well, at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, you get to keep whatever is based on your success, based on how well you sell, how well you tell others about the compelling reasons to use you, to use your services, to buy your goods. And at the end of the day, you wake up every day. Yes, you wake up every day at zero, but you wake up today or tomorrow, God willing, knowing that your destiny and everything is in your hands. Absolutely. Well, and I think that that's really brave. I'm, I feel like at this point, you know, they're calling this time the, the great resignation and a lot of people are realizing their own worth and are leaving a corporate job or just any role in which they're unhappy and doing something for themselves. You did that before I think a lot of people would have, right? So people would stay for 20 years or 30 years. Um, my parents included, they both had worked at the same company for their entire career. They were fortunate and they really liked what they did. But I think a lot of people could stay because they're comfortable or they just are afraid to leave. Well, how did you take that step in realizing I'm worth more to actually leaving? Like what were some of the things that maybe you considered or actions that you took? Because I know we probably have some listeners that are either in that space or thinking about it. Well, comfort kills dreams. And, you know, there's nothing more. The worst drug out there is the salary, in my opinion, because, okay, well, when I save enough, well, I'm just one promotion away. I'm just a couple of paychecks away. It's, it's clearly not that bad. Things will eventually change. I can feel it. These, these are all the stories we, we, we tell ourselves because a lot of times we feel that it's safe to stay, to right. stay on the sidelines or, or you know, we hear people that are never entrepreneurs. Oh, that's crazy. You're, you're going to risk everything. You're going to lose your house. You're going to be homeless. You're going to be in the Wall Street Journal front page, you know, Omar Madrano loses his business, <laughs> things like that. But what you need to do is you need, a, you need the first thing. I know this sounds like woo-woo and all that, but you have to come to the conclusion that you deserve it. You, you deserve God made us, the universe made us all in his image or the universe's image. 
and it's not to struggle. It's not just to have the crumbs. It's, it's to really go for it. And you know what? Enough of reading the books and going to Audible, listening to Audible and all that and saying one day, one day, the, the scariest thing is that first day. The first step is the, always the hardest. And what I have to tell people is, one, trust yourself, believe in yourself, and take massive action. Yeah, that's, that is great advice. So you've had several successful businesses, um, obviously in different realms. You mentioned, you know, some in the food service industry. Um, what are the overarching skills or sets of skills that you feel like you could apply to any role that you have? Because I think sometimes people get stuck in like, I've been in this genre or this role, and they don't know that they can, tra- the, the, those skills are transferable. So in your opinion, what are some of the basic skills that you could apply to any entrepreneurial? Well, well, the, the thing is, is that academia, we, we feel that because I have a degree in journalism or two degrees in journalism, right. I cannot leave that field. Most people, most successful people, most entrepreneurs don't even follow the field. How many people get a degree and don't work in that? Maybe they, they try, they dip their toes and it, the one thing that you have to understand about being a successful entrepreneur is you have to be able to connect. You have to be able to connect with an audience. What, not only connect, but you also have to realize that not everybody is a fan. Not everybody will be your customer. Right. If, if Disney World doesn't have 100%, you know, there's plenty <laughs> of people that hate Disney World. There's plenty of people that hate Apple computers. There's plenty of people that hate Starbucks. What you have to do is you have to find your niche. You have to specialize in it. And you have to create a base of raving fans. And, you know, you have to be true to yourself. You can't be vanilla trying to get, that's, that's the number one thing that a lot of people do is they're so vanilla because they want everybody to love them and it's impossible. Yeah, that's, I think that that's a really great point. And if you're wanting to start your own business or move to a different role, not being afraid and having that confidence in what you want to do, because People love a niche type of business. If they're looking for something specific, they want to see someone who's all in on whatever that is. Well, you're, whether you're opening a plant store or you're a consultant or whatever you're doing. Um, and the people that are, I find the most authentic and organically run their businesses are the, the ones that you're kind of drawn to, right? Because you know that they love what they do. Exactly. And also though, you don't have to follow your passion. Just follow at what you're good at. Right. And I- it's like something people listen to because Steve Jobs said it or, you know, they read it in a poster somewhere on some picture framed and all that. You know, if I followed my passion, I love snowboarding. I'm not going to open up a <laughs> snowboard shop here in South Florida. I, I graduated from LSU, so I love LSU football. I'm not going to open up an LSU apparel store. A lot of times, though, people are like, well, you know, I, I love baking these these vegan cookies that my grandmother or, or my aunt Sue say are just fantastic. Well, really, are they? Or is it just because they love you and they say that? And, you know, that's why you don't just, just follow what you're very good at. You monetize that and you'll, you'll be very successful at it. So if somebody was looking to kind of break out what, of what they were doing, um, I know it sounds like your opinion is not always 
looking at your passion, but maybe your passion isn't what you're good at, or maybe your passion doesn't have a market where you live. So that's a really good point. Um, what are some of the, like, I guess, analyzing strategies that you would take or kind of review of either the environment you're in or just the time? What would you kind of recommend that that person do? Well, one of the things you, you have to see if you're in the right market and if, if there's a demand for your services, there's a demand for your product, um, or maybe you're just an innovator and you create an answer for a problem that nobody thought they had, like, you know, the iPhone, nobody knew that we, we needed a camera, um, right. a smartphone and all that, but that was just created out in there. Just like how, um, Howard Schultz created the demand for a $5 coffee to find significance. And so what you, what you need to do is you need to, uh, you know, if you want to open up like a high-end restaurant that would work amazing in Manhattan or LA or somewhere, but you, you live in Paducah, Kentucky, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, try to f open up a Michelin five-star restaurant in a place that can't support it. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because we, we talk to a lot of people here and obviously passion can be part of it because you want to have that drive. But I think being realistic about your skill sets and your market is really important too. So I think that that's really good advice. Um, going back well, to your- with, with, with passion too, though, you, you also have to like the product. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when I say, you know, be good, usually if you're good at something, it's because you like it too. Sure, absolutely. There's a fine line between, you know, when people think of passion, it's like the, you know, just follow anything like selling baseball cards or whatnot. Just make sure it, it's something that you, you really love because there's going to be dark days, maybe dark weeks, a, bar, a dark month, a bad quarter that you're going to have to wake up every day and you're going to have to like what you're doing because you're going to have to keep on going. Yeah, I think that I think you made a good point of like finding that balance, right? So I do think it's smart to have people analyze, you know, I might be passionate about this, but is it going to work? Is it within my skill sets? Is it the right market? But loving it is definitely important too. So I think that's great advice. Um, I want to go back to your books because I know you said that you have one book. I see your hat. Everyone else can't see your hat. But oh, I no, I know. And I, I, <laughs> I read my book a bunch of times. And uh, what if it did work? All the gear. So tell us first about your book and then we can go to your, your second one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what if it did work was uh, basically a book on how an introverted guy like me that um, my assistant principal told me it'd be a cold day in hell the day I graduated college. And he was right, even though it never snows in Louisiana for the first time in like 30 years, it snowed in Baton Rouge the day I graduated. Um, just, just, uh, just focusing, it's a business book, just reaching your, your true potential. Quit being so fearful, quit being on the sidelines because we weren't born with fear. Fear was placed in this by our, our friends, our family, everybody to try to protect us. Don't talk to strangers don't do this, don't do that, and all that. And at the end of the day, we're like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm fearful of doing this. So that's why, you know, to me, instead of focusing on why it can't work, focus on what if it did work. I love that. And you're, you have such a positive mindset. I love that when you're giving examples, you are really 
I think, passionate about giving the, the good example versus the non-example, because you're right. A lot of times when you ask someone for advice or you ask them their opinion, they tell you the things not to do or the things that they're fearful of instead of you're asking for advice on what to do. So things that would help them move in the right direction versus scaring them to move backwards. Exactly. We always ask, not only do we always ask the wrong questions, but we, we ask the wrong people for advice. Yeah. So many people, you, why don't you just ask? And, and a lot of times successful people don't mind mentoring you. Don't, don't mind you calling them up and asking questions. But instead, we, we ask the person that's never owned a business right on owning a business it's like you want to you you want to be in the best shape of your life but you're asking a guy that's 300 pounds it makes zero sense but we do that when it comes to relationships when it comes to business when it comes to our life yeah i think that's really true and we we ask the people that we might be most comfortable with which may be our family and closest friends but they may not be the people that we would look up to as a mentor in a business space. So I think that that's great advice too. So tell us a little bit about your, your second book that you said is coming out. It's called the, the Vacation CEO. And this is definitely for entrepreneurs. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to own my own business so I can have all this free time and I can go to <laughs> Monte Carlo and I can live it up and all that. And what they realize is when they open up that business, they don't own the business. The business owns them. Well, um, the book, the, the title Vacation CEO, I, I got the title because people would always check out my social media. Now, not, not the first 10, 11 years of being an entrepreneur, but, you know, recently where I was taking my ex-wife, my daughters on these trips and all that. And it was because I scaled out. And what the book is about is on how to scale your business, how to hire, how to train, how to market correct so you don't miss your family. You don't miss the, the graduation, the travel soccer and all that because you're a slave to your business. And that business all of a sudden becomes like that 35, 40 year old son or daughter that won't leave your house. <laughs> <laughs> so is a lot of your new book, is it, kind of showing the balance that you would need to have or exactly exactly the first thing that I, I tell people and it's in both what if it did work in this book is there's no microwave to success you know this is something that we see on social media and we people crave it that you know you can hit hit the button and two weeks later you're you're thin or you know you're healthy and all that or in social media hey i was mowing lawns and i was cleaning pools two months ago but if you buy this program for 19.99 i'll show you how i'm living in la jolla in a mansion yada 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 and people buy it but anything that's amazing is going to take time it's going to take effort it's going to take energy it's going to take sacrifice that's just how the universe works if you want something, what are you willing to give up besides time? In order to become great, when you're good, you have to sacrifice something. Yeah, I think that that's great advice, especially in this day and age now where the, the incoming generation, I think they see a lot of that on social media and it's not necessarily, it's portrayed differently than the behind the scenes. So they see the vacations, they see the leadership roles, they don't necessarily always see the work that goes behind it. Exactly. Um, and I know even now with Melanie, um, Melanie and I running our business, 
Um, people will say, oh, it's awesome. You know, you don't have to work within those out same hours anymore. And there are things with when you're leaving a corporate world um, that are great. You're working on your own time, but you're also working a lot more hours and you oh, are yeah. building a foundation. So I think that there's pros and cons to both. And it's it's really great to to see that, you know, the sweat behind it all, because I think a lot of people don't always know that. They, they think you leave the corporate world and then you're kind of just on your own time and it's a little bit slower paced, which is not necessarily the truth at all. <laughs> well, I, I would get this question asked throughout the years. What business can I open up where I just open up the doors and the customers <laughs> fly in. I don't really have to work and all that. And I'm like, McDonald's maybe? I don't know. Do you have a million dollars liquid to, to open one up? But yeah, there, there's, there's this sense that, you know, you become an entrepreneur and the, the real world is an entrepreneur works Monday through Sunday. An entrepreneur is always on call. An entrepreneur is a plumber, the electrician. He does all, he or she does everything. Because at the end of the day, you know, everybody wants, has their hand in your pocket and, and, you know, you want to keep as much of that net in your pocket. And yeah. there's times you can't even pay anyways. So, <laughs> so, you know, that that's where, where you learn, but yeah, it, it's, but it's just until you make it. And if the key is, is to compress the time. But, but you, a business is, is a business. Business is just like, I've got two teenage daughters, so I'm, I'm always on call. It's not like, oh, well, it's 1 a.m. I'm sure they're not up to anything bad. No, it's just like a business. You, know, you always have to, an employee will call out, uh, your general manager, your manager. You're always putting out that proverbial fire. Right, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your podcast. My podcast is also based on what if it did work. Um, it's just a movement. I, I love, um, there, I've, I've had three like big guests, which um, Randy Gage, Evan Carmichael, and Jen Sincero. But outside of that, it's entrepreneurs. It's entrepreneurs that had the pivot that had a pivot during Corona, that had, we've all had to fall and get back up. And at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It, it, it's about showing everybody and anybody that, you know, if you, if you keep on with a positive mindset, if you keep on grinding, you keep on hustling and all that, good things will happen. Absolutely. Well, I know that our listeners love hearing great stories and that's what this is all about. So we'll definitely, we'll put the link to your podcast and your books in our show notes too, so that people can follow you and, and hear some of your guest stories as well. Um, one of the things that, that stuck with me that you said when you were going back and saying that, um, I think you said it was your high school vice principal or, or assistant principal said mm -hmm. that you want to graduate. I think it's so interesting sometimes those words definitely stick with us. And I have an education background and we have another podcast where we interview educators and talk about education stories. And it's so interesting that sometimes the smallest words or the shortest conversation can be what sticks with a student the most. And it's just so interesting. I think a lot of times those negative words at the time, you know, they really impact, up, impact us negatively. 
But sometimes someone telling you you can't do something can be the most powerful thing. It's happened to me as well. And I'm definitely one of those people that's like, oh, if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Well, with me, when I have doubters, when I have naysayers, when I have people that say I can't do something, I can't be an entrepreneur, I can't write a book, I can't graduate college and all that, there's two things you can do. You can prove them right. Or you can prove them wrong. And I use I use that to prove them wrong. Absolutely. Well, and I think that's an important lesson, um, especially for some of our younger listeners, because it can just be, it can be heartbreaking and really break your spirit when someone says, I don't have confidence in you or makes a comment, you know, you can't do this. But I think as we learn and we grow and we have those experiences, those are sometimes the things that fuel us. So I think hearing those stories and hearing how you turn that around can really make a big impact on people. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, it it just wasn't me. Uh, The high school and the time that I went to and all that, the educators were checked out and all that, but it, a lot of the people that I graduated with became educators. So from bad, there came out a lot, a lot of good because they didn't want other people to have, to have that experience of being checked out. Hey, when, when am I retiring? Or t- telling people that they, they can't graduate or that they're dumb. And you know, there it was. Uh, we, it, if the school is in Miami and all that. But it's, it's not the bougie, you know, so many people think Miami is all, you know, that it's Miami Vice and we'll spend $100,000 cars and all that. It, and I grew up in a, a working class, um, middle class, blue collar neighborhood of Miami. Yeah, I, that's so true. It's, I think sometimes our worst experiences can become, you know, the, the fuel for some of our, our best experiences and outcomes. So well, there, I appreciate no, sharing that. <laughs> there, there's no such thing as a bad experience. A bad experience only happens if you don't learn anything from it. That's true. That is true. So before we go, I would love for you across the way you've been giving some little tidbits of advice. And I know that your, your books have a lot of that, but if somebody who's listening right here right now is wanting to take that leap and build their confidence and whether that's move jobs, start their business, whatever, um, what are a couple bits of advice that you would say, what, what could they do today? What, what can they do today? Time management. So many people say they don't have time, but somehow they have enough time to watch the Tiger Tank, the, the Tiger <laughs> King, and Tiger King season one and two and Netflix and then they had the Disney Plus and they have all these things. And then they have time to cyberstalk their ex-wife and their ex-girlfriends <laughs> and girlfriends on Facebook and post their political stuff, but they don't have time. What you need to do is every day you have time. If Jack Dorsey, a CEO of Twitter, and boy, he stepped down today at that, and um and the Elon Musk and all these people have time to be successful, we all have time. What I do is I tell people, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning, just be grateful. Five minutes, 10 minutes. Now, how long is that? Meditate. You don't have to, it's not like the yogi and all that. That's that's not my definition of meditation. My definition of meditation is just be thankful. I mean, I've got, I'm, I'm so blessed. I'm 48. I'm still alive. My two teenage daughters are perfectly healthy. They're thriving. Uh, my grandparents are still alive. My 96 and 91, my mom's perfectly healthy and all that. 
both of us are on a, a podcast right now. We're, we have electricity. It's easy to spend five to 10 minutes of your day just thanking, thanking God, thanking the universe, thanking whoever you want to thank. Thank yourself. Just thank you. And then write down your goals. And, I'll, and do this, I do this twice in the morning and at night. And it, it's very, it doesn't take that long. I, I would tell somebody, be clear though on what you want. Don't be like, I want to lose weight or I want a side right. hustle. Be specific. How much weight do you want, want to lose? What is the side hustle that you want? How much more money do you need to make? Write it down. Be specific. Have an end date. Short term. What do you want to accomplish within this week? One to 10 days out or... I'm an arts and science guy, so that's why a week can sometimes be 10 days. And then uh, midterm goals. What do you want to accomplish in this quarter? What do you want to accomplish within this half a year? And then long-term goals too, write them down. But these long-term goals have to be like something that you don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. It, it, it might seem implausible one year, five years, 10 years, but if you're working on all that, You'll hit it before your, your deadline. And then also write down your plan and always revisit that plan, the specific steps that you're going to take. What are you going to eliminate from your life? Is it, are you going to eliminate the drinking, the excessive spending, the excessive watching Netflix, the excessive reading books that don't serve you? Who's in your life that no longer serves you? Is it people, people that you grew up with 30 years ago that aren't in the same level? Right. It's it and you know be if you're the more specific that you are and then also don't put off till tomorrow. Do something amazing today that your future you will thank you for. And you know it's small steps. Don't go for the home run. Build that confidence. And confidence is like success. It compounds. The more you do, the more you build. The stronger you'll be. So those are some of my steps. Yeah, I love that. And I love that they're all so actionable. Um, at the beginning, you said, um, you know, making time. And I think that it's so important to realize that we all have the same amount of time, whether you're Beyonce or me, right? Like we, we all have 24 hours in a day. And I have been really cognizant over the past few years in not never saying I don't have time for that. Because what really what you're saying there is you're kind of trying to get out of something, right? So if you don't have, if you don't want to make time for it, then you say, I'm not going to make time for that. Well, or, you have to make I it mean, a must. Exactly. You have to make these things a must. Because exactly. there's always going to be something. If it's not a must, you'll find something, some busy work. Exactly. So and just knowing work. how to say no to that busy work. I think a lot of us, and I think, you know, the pandemic definitely impacted this where we really had to focus in on, and we weren't allowed to really do anything, but now that things are open again, it's it's a lot easier to say, you know what? No, I'm not going to make time for that. Or I, I think saying no to things that are a waste of time or really aren't, um, you know, helping you towards your your goals and dreams. It's important because if you say yes to everything, then you're not really making that time that you should be spending. But, but the one thing that Corona did teach us, the pandemic, is so many people lie when they say they don't have enough time because Uncle Sam all the governments in the world, the universe, whomever gave you, gave everybody two to three months of being in complete lockdown. Yeah. People could have 
learn how to do a side hustle, a, a new trade. They could have written a book. They could have gotten in shape, but instead they, they know all about Joe Exotic or they, they, all, <laughs> they, they watched everything on, on Netflix and, and then some. So clearly it's not time that we yeah, need. For sure. Well, I love your tips. I think that they're all doable. And for someone that needed that little boost of confidence, hopefully they can do some of these today. I love, I love that you continue to say, don't wait until tomorrow because you can do those little things today. And I think even just checking a couple of the things off the list, I know for me, it always builds my confidence and makes me feel good about my day. I'm being productive. So I think just getting started is sometimes the hardest part. So I loved your tips. I think they're all very helpful. Well, not only getting started, but also you have to forgive yourself. So many people keep on living in the past. The, the, the past whether is a great thing or a bad thing where they beat themselves up. Oh my gosh, I, I, I overate Thanksgiving or I spent too much on Cyber Friday and Monday and Black Friday and all that. You know what? Forgive yourself. It's in the past. You know, what can we do today to rectify that? Because it's a new beginning. It's a new day. You started out at zero. But what, what happens is a lot of people live in that past, live in that self-defeat, or they'll be like, okay, well, you know, I, I, I overate Thanksgiving. Well, now it's Hanukkah, and it's Christmas, and it's Festivus, and it's Kwanzaa, then it's the, the Christmas parties, and then it's New Year's. <laughs> And what, what, what was only one bad day of eating bad or one bad day of overspending, all of a sudden you're in a, this huge hole that, you know, so many people are like, well, I'll, I'll wait till 2022. And I tell people this, people that coach, um, well, I, I do videos on it too, free on my social media is, could you imagine if a loved one was an addict and, and you're like, well, we'll, we'll find them a good, um, clinic we'll we'll find them help on january we'll we'll give them this one month or or your your loved one is a gambling addict and they're cleaning out the bank accounts they're going to the casino and you're like Phew. well thank gosh it's almost december 1st because right. from january 1st and then, then we'll get them some help <laughs> right that's a that's a great analogy though because it's it is it's why wait and that was going to be my last question for you, you kind of started to answer it already for, for everyone out there that's, I mean, December starts this week and we only have four weeks left of this year and then we're done, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is your tip for not waiting? Because it is, it's so easy to say, you know what, Thanksgiving, I ruined my diet, so I'm just going to wait in a whole nother month and I'm just going to let those bad choices build up. So for somebody who's in that mindset, how do, how do they get out of that and just move forward? They get that mindset that, you know what? We don't know if January 1st is promised. In fact, 2022 is out the door because January 1st is on a Saturday. So that would mean that you would have to wait till Monday, January 1st. <laughs> and, and you see how silly that sounds? That sounds, that sounds silly because it is silly. I, I, don't, I don't keep track of, well, well I, I'll start on a Monday or I'll start on a Sunday because it's a new week or it's a new month, December 1st. Do it today, do whatever. If it's important, you're gonna get it done today. You know, if, if it's a big enough goal, if this is your purpose, why are you gonna wait? I'm, I'm 48 and I've, I've known people, plenty of people that didn't get the opportunity that thought one day, and the biggest pain is regret. 
And if they want to know what regret is, we can go to an old folks home or, or you know, we, we, can, we can talk to somebody in hospice with all the regrets they had. They thought if only they could have one more day or we could just drive by a cemetery. There's plenty of people there that wish they could have had today to do something because tomorrow, tomorrow is never given to us. Yesterday's in the past. It's an abstract thing. We don't know whether it really happened or not. We don't know whether in the matrix that's in the past. <laughs> Neither one of us has a DeLorean. We don't know Marty McFly or, or Doc Brown. So we can't get to it. So literally, I don't know what December 1st holds, but I do know to today. Today's the 29th, November. And today, what better place than now? What better time than now to do whatever it is that you want to do? That's great advice. Well, we really appreciate you sharing with us. Um, like I shared, we're going to put the links to both of your books and your podcast and our show notes. How do we find you on social media? Omar Madrano, I'm public. Because remember, if you're an entrepreneur, don't be private. <laughs> That's crazy. It's called social media. You want people to know what you're doing. So I'm public. You can friend me. You can follow me. You can cyberstalk me Perfect. at Omar Madrano. <laughs> and also, I have a subgroup. Uh, with entrepreneurs and people that have side hustles or that people that just want to live their best life. Uh, name of my book, What If It Did Work? Once again, that's public. My Instagram is Omar Madrano 73 because unfortunately somebody hacked the original Omar <laughs> Madrano. And 73 because unfortunately I was born in 73 and not 93. <laughs> <laughs> and that's public too. So that, that's, the, that's the one thing. And, and if you need any questions, DM me. I'm like the patron saint of lost causes, but when patron saint of personal development, of business development, I always answer people, except if you're going to try to sell me crypto or Forex trading or, <laughs> or, or, or any of the other goofy stuff. But at, at the end of the day, that's the only, that's my last tip is, you know, being in business, why have your stuff private? Yeah. How, how, are, how are strangers going to know what you do, what your business does? At the end of the day, there's three P's that you need to do if you're being an entrepreneur. Promote, promote, and promote. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you. And we will, we will definitely cyberstalk you. We'll add you on social media. <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold you to it. Thank you so much, Omar. Thank you. Thank, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity. You're welcome. This has been another episode of the Becoming Congruent podcast, a production of In Pursuit Research, outcomes-driven, impact-focused. What are you in pursuit of?